Blau und weiß sein Leben lang. Herzlich willkommen zurück auf Shark America. It's your boy back with his uh, ugly Christmas sweater uh, here for our last podcast of 2023. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me on this final episode of 2023, co-host Jack Mangan. Happy holidays, sir. Happy holidays. I was waiting for Guido Bergstauer to slowly pop up in the corner <laughs> of your screen. But I guess not. But we have we have we have his ugly Christmas sweater at least. So that's right. Uh, Mr. Bergstahl is here in spirit. Um, right. Yeah, man. Looking forward to kind of putting a button on the first half of the season. Very eventful first half of the season. And then, uh, you know, heading into the holidays and everything. So looking to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Glukauf, Eric. Happy holidays. Good to see you. Uh, yeah, we got the uh, season's now done. Last game against Groit the Firth uh, ends on a on a high ish is right three games unbeaten so that's that's not bad uh going to 2023 it looks like the the training camp to portugal was approved uh january i think second through uh the 10th or something like that uh so yeah we'll talk about the game get into a little bit of news and then uh, if we feel like doing anything else we will <laughs> we'll see how it goes we're gonna keep it short and sweet get out of 2023 and then maybe we'll have a, a more in-depth review as the uh uh rook runda begins uh we'll see but uh um programming note While we are off during the Rook Runda, only to be called offsides. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, programming note, while we are on the we are the winter pausa, the podcast is the last podcast until you know the season starts back up in in, in mid to late January. We're gonna try to keep it keep it consistent here. So what well, what I thought I'd do um is I'm gonna do uh live streaming on Twitch of FM24 of Shalka. Just to keep it going on Monday nights, uh, so it'll be a, a, the normal times Monday night eight thirty. I might do one to this Friday night, kind of kick things off. But uh, just yeah, if you want to stay around on Monday nights, talk shock and so I'll be around. So uh, uh, not Jack. I'm not saying that you have to be on that at all. So you know, <laughs> if you want, you can. <laughs> all right, let's get into this thing. Uh, we had a game obviously against uh, Great Defert this. Uh, what day was it? Saturday? I don't remember. So many days are so long now. Two um, two against them. Uh, they were a team who, or still are, a team who high in the table, fourth in the table. We talked about how they had like five shutouts this season. They just very good defensively last podcast. A uh, team that um, are certainly challenging for promotion this year. For me, uh, we look at the starting lineup in this and uh, Orbig and goal with Dietz, uh, Mikowski, and Jung in the back with Asta, Wagner, Julian Green, Julian Green, the American, the American there, and Hadadi with uh, Hergota, Sieb, and Lemperla, um, Jack. For me, though, I knew Julian Green. I think for me, the t- two danger men for me that I had my eyes on because it's because I knew Hergota. I know him from um, from previous, and then Sieb is a guy I've had my eye on for all season long. Really, he's been a, a danger man, danger striker for. For Groit the Firth, has had a good season so far. Um, other than that, you know, I was I was more worried about what how we would play versus them. But obviously, this is a team that's been good and defensively they've been stout this season. Yeah, I think something like maybe five games unbeaten coming into this one at least. Yeah, um, so definitely kind of on a hot one to end end the year, running good form for them. Um, and yeah, no, I, I think I pretty much agree with you. And then yeah, of course, Julian Green, uh, hero of the World Cup. 
uh, noted <laughs> World Cup goal scorer. Um, nice to get eyes on him because obviously I'm not a not often watching Greater Firth games just no. casually. So no. um, yeah, yeah, nice to see kind of where he's at in his career. A waffle in the house. Good to see you, sir. Uh, looking at our, our lineup, uh, seems like fairly standard these days, but uh, well, maybe, maybe not. Some, um, maybe back to back games or whatever. Uh, Fairman and goal back four of Bruner, Kalash, Kaminsky, and Merkin. Uh, a midfield four, a diamond again of Seguin, Idrizi, Moore, and Karaman with Top and Tarota. Papa Unson, as we like to, we've been calling it on the Discord. Uh, leading the way for Shaka there. Uh, good to see the young, the youngster top getting the lineup again um, alongside Tarota. Everyone was buzzing when he, when he was in the lineup, hoping that you know he could get some magic with Tarota and, and Karaman. Uh, thoughts on the lineup going into this one? Yeah, I mean, you're kind of splitting hairs here because we're just talking about like shapes and stuff in general, and these things aren't you know the most important in terms yeah. of how teams play. It to me, it, it kind of presented more as like a four-three-one-two than a four-four-two diamond personally okay. um more of kind of like a flatter line of like a unit of a drizzy segway and more and then you know kind of, kind of an, i would agree yeah kind of like in a separate yep uh intermediate role um but uh yeah i mean i see top get in there um in in the starting lineup and i think you know the the uh the, the partnership of him and parad is obviously just intriguing from a foil standpoint in terms of you have you know uh the old veteran striker um paired up with you know the youngster coming through yeah uh, this guy's kind of a fun pairing, I think, for the for the Schalke supporters. Um, and then you know, Caramon's you know been one of the better players for us recently. Not surprised to see him in there. Glad that Adrizi's getting a run. Obviously, I've been a fan of him in the past, and um, you know, been happy that he's so he kind of made this this resurgence into the team uh, late in the first half of the season here. Um, yeah, it's, and that's the interesting thing is like some of these names were not names at the beginning of the first half of the season. No. Um, so you know, you've seen like Moore and Seguin kind of come back into things recently as well. Um, but yeah, the the back line, you know, pretty standard, except for the uh, the addition of you know Bruno recently when he's come back from injury. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in, on the bench we had Templeman, Matriciani, Oweyan, Kozuki, Toyer, uh, Baumgartel, Hekarin, uh, Amadin, and uh, Vandersloot. Uh, but uh, yeah, interesting lineup in this one for sure. Um, started off the game, you know, this game was going to be. Uh, I thought it was going to be a defensive game, just given how great the first been playing this season they haven't really given them many many goals but i did i did allude to it last podcast how they can be had they can be exploited defensively we saw hurt the berlin exploit them with a five nothing win earlier the season their first one of the season as well as i think it was carl's had a shootout with them like four three or five four something crazy like that so they can you know if you can expose his defense you tax his defense because they do kind of leave it open play a high line you can get some goals behind them so there was opportunity there that i was hoping for um not the exactly way we want to start the game. Uh, Sieb gets a goal two minutes in. Luckily, it was offsides. Well, we'll finish by him, I thought. Um, but uh, we got a call early in the game for us uh, two minutes in. And then uh, we quickly responded with uh, uh, Tarota setting up Kiki Top. You know, we were, we were wondering how that, that relationship is going to be. Top had a great opportunity, but then steps on the ball and, like, falls down. So, like, good early action. Looked like it was going to be a, a wide-open game. Uh, what are your thoughts on how the game started? Yeah, the the very first few minutes, I, I agree with you, and then shortly after that, though, I felt like it just completely died down for yeah. the, kind of the middle stretch of the first half. Yeah, I thought that um, Firth was really disappointing in possession. Um, really, no initiative, uh, not a lot of movement from from yeah. their guys. Uh, just very stagnant and, and super underwhelming, and didn't really threaten a whole lot. I felt like um, after that kind of initial phase. Uh, but they were, I think, very active defensively. 
Um, and so that, once again, I think inhibited Schalke's um, prospects for a large portion of the first half as well. I thought Schalke resorted to a lot of um, a lot of playing through the air for some reason instead of on the ground. Um, and yeah. obviously, th- we, we ended up something ended up happening, you know, slightly later in the first half through the year, which which was nice. But I think there's a lot of these like short and mid range balls that you know, rather than just kind of putting a little bit of additional effort into some movement showing for a pass we were just trying to like chip things over the top to people and i thought it was yeah. just really choppy not good rhythm and and hard to kind of get anything consistent going yeah i would agree about that uh, also worth noting that uh alexander zorniger was the the manager for great the first a guy who was linked to us many times before in the past uh but he was on a bench for this one uh, i would agree with that i think really the first 10 minutes or so where it was really lively and it really died down after that um, it was worth noting, like Toroda had this like really nice pirouette in like midfield around a couple of defenders to get by them. Uh, he got taken down on the play, and Top had a nice shot ten minutes in after a great pass from I forget who made the pass. Uh, maybe it's Kadamon or something like that. But uh, yeah, it started out really hot and heavy, and then all of a sudden it kind of died down. I think you're right. I think Schalke looked like they took the onus of the play early on. It looked like they were uh, the better team, which was surprising because Great the Firth was so much higher than us in the table. Um, but, uh, you know, what is funny enough is that um, despite how bad we've been playing, we've said this in the last few podcasts, I think I think as the season ends, we're like the third, we're tied for third highest scoring team in the league, which is crazy. And we're 13th, 14th place, which is, you know, it shows how bad our defense is. Um, but the game did die down a little bit um, and it kind of took a uh, a wonderful pass from Idrizi, of all people. A wonderful pinpoint accuracy pass over the top finds Kiki Top and in one swift motion just puts it back in the net like he was like Simon Tarota, uh putting it away one nothing in what was it a thirty something minute or something. Um and man, that was just a great play overall from like uh the assist and the pass by Itrizi all the over the top to find uh almost a Tarota, uh almost find to find Kiki Top and puts it away. Uh great goal. Great goal for the young service first first for the club yeah and i was i mean i was criticizing earlier how much we were doing through the air and like i said a lot of that was like these short and medium balls this was sort of a longer range one over the top in transition yep. which um ended up working out i don't know if if idrizi was always going for top or for Torada, who were both kind of making this very similar run right next to each other but yep. ultimately the weight on the ball was was pretty good and then um you know top didn't even hit it to the corner or anything it's not like he oh. placed it perfectly but he hit it he made pretty good contact with it and hit it low um and he got it underneath and yeah you know so credit to him for the finish. Obviously, nice to see him score you know, in front of the home home crowd and everything. Um, and uh, you know, hopefully a lot more where that came from. But um yeah, yeah, good moment from him for sure. And then I obviously I like that it's a uh supplying supplying the ball. Good moment for yeah. him as well. Yeah, and uh, hopefully that means uh, more pitch time for him. Uh yeah, when he, where where top struck it really was is difficult for goalkeepers, like just underneath the arm for any goalkeeper, whether it's you know soccer, football, or hockey, even uh, it's a difficult place for to react when it's extra shot, it's different, it's easier uh than, than inside the body. So that's where Kiki's top struck it, uh well struck, like you said, and went in the back of the net. Uh prior to that goal and even remaining of the first half, really, I thought we were structured better as a team uh, defensively. We had a lot of op- we had we created more opportunities than Groit the First did. I thought um, for the most part we weren't too troubled. They had a couple opportunities. I think Julian Green had one, and um, maybe it was Sieber or the other striker had an opportunity where Fairman had to come up and, and make a make a save. Um, but other than that, I thought 
I felt fairly comfortable that first half, you know, up one nothing. Obviously, um, we've seen this song and dance before, but, you know, the way we're going into that first half, uh, end of the first half, I felt good about the team, uh, considering how good the team we were playing was. Uh, what were your thoughts uh, as we hit halftime? You're on mute. <laughs> um, I think after we uh, after we had our first goal, I think uh, things improved a little bit towards yeah. the end of the first half. Um, in possession, I think we our spacing was a little bit better um, instead of kind of bunching up on one side of the field and, and have, finding you know difficult to kind of build through them. Um, I think there was some some better overlapping runs on the wings and um, definitely better tempo. We ended up getting some some. Uh, better looking opportunities in the final third from sort of wide areas or off the shoulder of the box. We were uh, initially, um, I think top had another nice moment close to the 40th minute. Well, maybe it's not a nice moment because it ended in like, I think a a turnover without a shot or him really giving the ball to anybody else. But um, he kind of beat like a couple people, held a third guy off in transition by himself, kind of like dribbling through like kind of four defenders ultimately gets it stripped um, from someone behind him that I don't think he saw approaching, but um, another really nice ball from him had a couple pretty well weighted balls as well. So I think overall I was, I was relatively impressed with what top brought um, in uh, in the first half. I thought it was a pretty competent performance from him specifically. And as you said, I think probably on the whole, um, maybe a little bit better overall than we would have expected against them as well, given sort of the, the difference in the table. Um, I don't think we played amazingly, like I said, um, but uh you know, I, I thought it was fine with that for sure. We certainly wasn't like overly disappointed with how we played. Yeah, and I think, um, well, I, I, with you know staying on top, I think he staying on top. I think he um, he brought a different element to our strikers that we haven't had really this season. Just because, yes, he is more mobile than most of the players that we have, uh, but he was able to hold the ball up. He was able to get spaces, link up a lot. Uh, we saw a play where he hooked up with Karaman. Karaman set up Toroto, who had a wide open play, misses that. Another play, he set up Toroto later again. Toroto missed that. I mean, Schalke, we were like you said, we didn't play amazingly or anything, but we had enough opportunities where we probably should have had a two or three nothing lead at halftime. We it was big opportunities that we had missed, and whenever you have those kind of situations, you wonder if it's ever going to come back to bite you. But I thought you know there was chances there for us to score more goals than than the one we had or did you think did you have that feeling too or did you felt it was no um, I, I think you can look at it that way especially with how the game ended you know not being able to secure the third uh three yeah. points for the the third consecutive game there's definitely chances and moments in the game that you can point to and say like hey you know if we would have done better there could have made the difference but um uh you know but to, to, to get on the board in the first place i thought was 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 decent like i said um yeah. you know th- th- there's stuff to criticize but uh i also felt like maybe I've just been conditioned from this team to expect worse, particularly going against, you yeah. know, teams higher up on the table for the most part. Um, so it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't disastrous by any stretch. Yeah, no, I agree about that. So, you know, I felt co- fairly comfortable at halftime uh, coming out of the gates. You figured Groit the would have, would come out a little bit more, uh, especially, you know, as good a quality team as they are, they're going to come back and try to get, equalize it. Um, it started out well. We did get a goal right away that off the bat, uh, Simo Toretta put a fantastic ball away. I think Merkin had the cross that was in or, I believe it was Merkin that had to cross in. Uh, wonderfully done. But offsides, um, it was offsides, narrow some margins, but it looked like every player for Schalke was offside on the play. Nice finish by Toroto. I wish he had done that in the first half, but uh, uh, at least it started off like it was going to be a, a good half, Jack. But uh, Yeah, I think it may have been more. It could have been Merkin, though. Um, oh, you played, may have been right, who, yeah. who played that, but yeah, like, 
two or three Schalke players like well offside yeah. by the time he hit that, which is unfortunate because it was a good ball and they may have got to them if they had managed to stay onside. Um, yeah, it was a pretty goal though, and a nice finish from Tirada. You're kind of wondering why he couldn't have done that on one of the chances he was onside for in the first half or elsewhere. Um, you mentioned like the Caraman kind of cut back to him in the center of the box that he skied over, um, which was not his finest moment, but um, yeah, nice, nice set, pay, nice well, set play, excuse me. David, I see your comment in the chat. We will get to that um, here shortly. Uh, but yeah, you know, as the foosball gods work, though, as, as it happens in football, when you miss a chance on one and it comes back to bite you in the other, and usually fairly quickly, uh, what you see is a play where Matriciani at this point had come into the game for Bruner, um, and he pinched up a little too high in the game. Uh, there's a turnover. Uh, Gortefurt comes down the pitch, and um, they eventually uh, would get a goal. Um, nice passing by them. They, the guy was wide open and Pelic goes around Fairman, who made a nice initial save, but then he kind of chips it over him and it goes in the back of the net. Hergota with the goal there. 1-1 one, one in like the 55th minute or something like that. And it's like, oh, geez. You know, <laughs> that's all we need is we're playing well and then we make a mistake like that and they they, they catch us. I think it was the defense more sleeping than anything else. I mean, how how'd you feel on that on that goal by by Groth Werther? Was that the one where he was almost offside? Yeah, 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 it was yeah. I thought it was offside. And well, it wasn't. I thought it was offside as well. And then when they showed so you the side, it was it was pretty much in there. Um, yeah, yeah, it, not not ideal. I think I think Fairman did a decent enough job getting out, being big, getting a hand on it. Yeah. Unfortunately, just didn't clear it away, and it kind of flew up behind him. And then uh, you know uh, he was able to finish it off. None of the defenders were able to get there in time. Um, so yeah, so disappointing to bring them back into the in, into the game that way. Um, but that was the danger man that you pointed out in the beginning. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. He, he scored that goal. And I thought, you know, despite, uh, you know, Firth playing better in the second half, we were, we started out well, I think in the second half. And then once that goal hit, it kind of like, it kind of like flatlined us. I think a little bit of, at least that's how I felt. I don't know how you felt. And, you know, it kind of was just like going through the motions in, in that second half. Uh, they started getting more and more possession. I think uh, it felt like that. At least I don't know if it really was the case, um, but, you know, time's ticking away and eventually, um Merkin, uh, he does some good in the game where he, he pitches up, makes a nice cross, and that was a 70-something minute. And uh Karaman, Karaman, who's done it you know several times this year, great header by him, honestly. A good good cross from Merkin and great finish by Karaman. Puts away 2-1. And I was like, Yeah, here we go. That's that's what we're talking about. Fight. That's the fight that Garart has been asking for since he's been joining the club, and it's good to see that they uh, and last several games where they get pushed they get pushed and they keep fighting back and that's that's something we've been missing a long time definitely seems like it kind of came out a little bit out of nowhere to some extent though kind of like it a did. random play too um but hey you know good effort from caramon not the first time he's gotten a header on the end of one too so that he's actually somewhat decent at that it seems like um at, yeah. at winning some of those which is not maybe what you would expect from him but uh yeah well placed into the corner and um yeah, I mean, you love the fight back to 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 uh, get the lead back at, at home. Um, unfortunately, that was going to be the uh, pretty much the end of Merkin's action, uh, yeah. both positive and at all in this match. So, yeah, yeah, I mean that le- that lead did not last very long because a couple minutes later, uh, got a little chaos in front of our goal. Uh, ball, uh, I, f- I think it was blocked by the defender. Maybe maybe the Fairman got a hand on it, whatever. But it comes right next to I almost said Jay Moore, <laughs> Tobias Moore. For some inexplicable reason, he just stares at the ball, and whoever I don't remember who who scored. Let me see who who scored this. Uh, 
Asta. Asta is the one who uh, Simon Asta uh, picked up the ball and puts it away. And and <laughs> I have no idea what more. And and I hate hate picking on more because I think he's played so well in the last several games. I thought he played well in this game. Like he nearly had that assist and called off sides on on Tarota. But man, he just let that ball sit there, and you saw Fairman's disgust. Like after the goal went in, it's like, dude, come on, man, really? Like you didn't do anything on the play. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? So I'm gonna I'm gonna initially not like defend him, but sort of explain what happened. But then All I'm right. also going to join you in the criticism. So, um, Asta is like what, like the, the the right back or sort of the right wing back? What do they play? Like a they're yeah. sort of playing like a three four one two or something. So yes, something, yes, yeah. So. Um, that play happens in transition, and at the beginning of that play, he is like nowhere near threatening anybody, but he just sort of slowly creeps in off the back. And then when Fairman makes so, I mean, so uh, um, from Tobias Moore's perspective, he has no idea that, that guy's anywhere near him, and he doesn't like check do like a one eighty behind him to see. So I think he thinks that guy's like kind of way out of the play. Fairman makes the save, gets pat, and kind of gets knocked in the center of the box, and then. Um, so because of that, he's able to kind of run up on the back of Tobias Moore, who has no idea he's there or coming and, and you know, threatening for the ball. Um, that being said, if there's a loose ball in the center of the box, I don't really care what, even if you think you have time to kind of corral it and like, you know, make, make a good pass or something like there, there's a loose ball in the center of the box. Like you should probably be alive to the fact there is either is danger or is likely danger and him just kind of sitting there and not choosing to clear it. I felt like I was, you know, playing a game of pro clubs online. And watching my like AI defense just inexplicably it was not, FIFA. not yes. go for like a 50-50 ball yes. that like and that turns into like a goal for the opposition. You're like, that should have been yours like easily. Like, how did you lose that? Um, so yeah, pretty frustrating, you know, kind of a brain fart moment from him for sure. Um, I know that he obviously feels bad about it, and um, yeah. you know, Gerard said what he said about it. it. Seemed like you know he'll get past it. It's a, it's a dumb play, um, and it's disappointing that it happened because loses the result for us. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Tobias Moore had a decent game overall. Um, despite that, just you know, a costly mistake for sure. And it appeared like you watched, you watched, I watched this play over and over time. So I'm trying to like, what the heck did he do? It looked like he was holding it off, hoping a teammate would come and kick it away. And just nobody was there except for him and, and Asta. Uh, and Asta put it away. But yeah, I think next time it'd be no nonsense is clear. And so, I mean, that's why I think we always said for you know, anytime the ball's in the box, just clear it away. You don't need the, the fancy stuff. Just get get it out of the box. Then you know, once it's out of the box, you can figure stuff out. But that's a danger zone. You it should be. You should be. I remember when I used to play. Coaches used to say, "Just get it out of the box. Get it out of the box. You no, know, hoof it. I don't care. Just get it out." Um, so I mean, he'll learn from that. And I get like I said, like you said, he's been playing so well lately, and you hate to uh, have his hangover his head, but I, he'll get over it. Uh, he has got a long month to get over it now. Uh, I think going to training camp will help. But and like, look, even if you don't want to just like boot it and unnecessarily get rid of possession or something immediately, at least get on the ball. Yeah. Like it's yeah. one thing if you want to like get it and then like look around and not play something. And at least that way you have the chance of somebody, you know, tackling through you and getting a foul called or something along those lines. He was like actively staying away from the ball in, entirely and just letting somebody go and, you know, take possession of it. So yeah, not, not a good moment. He looked like a security guard trying to protect a celebrity from like the crowd. Whatever. He's like, get away, get away, get away. <laughs> So anyway, two two at that point, uh, and like okay, well two two, uh, we've been fighting all game long. We can go and fight and get another one, but no. Merkin had picked up a yellow card in the 39th minute. I don't even remember in the game when he got this yellow card uh, early in the first half. It, it, I remember when um, Seguin got it, or excuse me, Adrizi got one in the first half. So it might have been like right around then. Uh, but then Merkin. Uh, Adrizis was warranted. Again. I don't remember. I don't remember the first one for. I don't either. Merkin either. Adrizis, he like pulled down Julian Green outside the box or something. But yeah. Yes. Ahead. Yes. Yes. And then uh, I think it was Aster. Or I forget who it was on the on for Firth tries to go by uh, Merkin, which they do. 
Merkin like reaches for him and the guy goes down. I thought it was a soft yellow. I understand why the yellow happened, but it was a soft play. Merkin's got to know that when he's on the yellow, he can't be doing that kind of stuff and gets a red card. Um, like I said, I'm furious because it was a soft yellow. But again, you're on a yellow already. You gotta know. You gotta be better than that. You yep. gotta just pick your battles, and that's yep. not a battle we can afford to to lose. Pretty much complete agreement. You and I said on this podcast all the time. You can't give the the ref an excuse to make a decision like that. You just gotta be smarter. That being said, as far as these sort of fifty fifty kind of like you know can't give the ref an excuse calls go. I thought this one was a pretty obnoxious sec to send somebody off for that. I mean, cause like this ball comes to Merkin, he kind of plays it back. The defender makes no attempt to win the ball and sort of initiates contact with him. Yep. You could say there's some sort of mild arm movement from, from Merkin on him, but like the defender or, you know, initiates contact and then falls over dramatically. And they somehow decide that's like a, like a harsh foul on, on Merkin, which I just, even seeing the replay and everything, I just don't see that as being a foul at all, almost let alone, you know, a second yellow offense. So I thought it was a questionable call for sure. Schalke and Gerards won't criticize the referee, but you know, I certainly will. I think I will. A, a good, a good referee We'll go to Merkin and say, okay, you're toting the line, buddy. Don't do that again, or you're going to get a yellow. You don't just go and give him a yellow for something like that, a second yellow for that, because that's, like I said, it's going to impact the game. And what a referee should be doing is not being the person to impact the game like that. So we go down to, we go down to 10 men, and I'm like, shit, here we go. Uh, you know, we've been terrible this year and, and pretty much for the last five years when we go down a guy. Uh, and so my big worry is that they're going to find a way to score a goal, but we, we see that we see the game out. It was a chaotic. I think we all go extra white hairs at the end of the game. But 2-2, we get a draw. We get a point. You know, if, you know, before that Merkin red, if we got a 2-2 draw, we thought it probably would have been a, a bad result. But given we had a red card, I think ultimately it was a good result. We didn't lose in the game. We end the season uh, under Gerrard's uh, 17 points from eight games, which is much improved from what we were before. Um, so we currently have 20 points. So, I mean, we got most of our points <laughs> under Gerrard's. Um, Oh, well, that four, four times 30, 12, 13 points, excuse me, 13 from eight games. Uh, I don't want to give him all the credit for all the points this year. But uh, nonetheless, I think, you know, game was fairly even for the most part, I thought, considering how good the opponent was. 12 shots, 11 in our favor, 8 to 8 on target. Uh, they had more possession, but they were trying to catch up in the second half a couple of times. Um, passing accuracy in the mid-70s, which is decent. Fouls are even. I mean, the game was even for the most part. Uh, they had way more offsides than us. But uh, I thought we played. This is, uh, you know, Osnabrück and Hans and Hansa Rostock. This was the much the, the better of the three teams that we played. And uh, for a team that's challenging promotion, we played them very well. I thought uh, it would have been nice to get the three points and get within six points of of the uh, promotion spot. But uh, you know, another point is a, a point we're gonna have to take because we need every all the points we can get at this point. Yeah, no, I I would agree. Like you said, there there was some good stuff. But, you know, in the first half offensively at times. And um, I, I think, once again, given the table positions and kind of the relative performance, um, you can walk away from that game feeling okay about it. Um, if you look kind of overall with, you know, Garrett's tenure so far, um, I think it's, you know, pretty much, what, four wins and four losses and two draws. So pretty much very even kind of middle of the road in terms of what he's done. But I, there has been an improvement. Um, not just in sort of goals scored and, and and goals conceded, but also expected goals scored and expected goals conceded as compared with um, Rice's tenure mm -hmm. uh, in, in the first half of the season. So uh, I'm not saying these are massive improvements or massive changes, 
Um, but you know, uh, there is a, there has been a big improvement on the defensive end, at least in terms of the expected performance. Um, our, our expected goals allowed under Gerrard is a lot, is a lot better. Um, yeah. I hope more of that translates into actually fewer goals conceded because our, our actual, our, our goal difference is not as is not as good as our expected goal difference. Yeah, and under under Gerrard's, but um, but yeah, I, I do think there's potentially reason to stay optimistic. We're out, we're outside the relegation zone now, right? Not as yeah. high as we'd like to be, but we're in 14th. We're less than 10 points away from what, like six, maybe. I, I don't know. What the, I mean, looking we're, at the table we're, right now, we're so. 10 points from fourth. 10 points from fourth. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, the table is still relatively tight. One, I'm not, I'm not looking at promotion at all at this point. Of course not, but like. We could very easily finish mid-table if we suddenly, you know, are able to start stringing some wins together. And end of the season, we're unbeaten in three. Um, you know, two goals conceded in three games, so certainly a better end of the season um, than the start. And now we just gotta look to the winter break and see if there's anything we can do to to strengthen the squad. What's crazy to me is St. Paul is undefeated, and the Holstein Kiel is ahead of them with four losses, but 35 points, two points ahead of them, which is crazy stat to me. Uh, it just shows they haven't been capitalizing themselves. Um, too many draws, but yeah, look, if you look at the goals for. You know, Kiel has 33-4. We have as many goals for as St. Pauli. Um, just those, 20 more conceded. But, yeah, exactly. That's St. Pauli's defensive record is just unreal. In the first it, is, yeah, it, yeah, is, it is. It is. It is. Grit the was as well. I mean, Grit the first is only giving up 20 goals, uh, which is still a lot more than uh, St. Pauli. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're at better place. We're 14th place right now. Um, we're chatting another victory. We're at the top. We're, you know, within shouting this is a 10th place. Uh, so I mean, lots of play for guy Hammer coming up, and they've been a little bit more rocky lately, up and down. Uh, but yeah, if you look at the last couple of games uh, for us in particular, um, under Gerrards, I mean, two goals against against Firth, had a shutout against Hansa, shutout against Osnabrück, five goals against Dusseldorf, um, two goals against Augsburg. So yeah, there's still some leaky leakiness, not as bad, but still bad enough for you know for us. We're in spite the Liga. Uh, where we want to correct that. And, you know, Gerard's got his wish. Uh, they're going to be going to uh, the training camp in, I think it's Alaves, Portugal. Uh, let me see my Algarve, Algarve, Portugal from January 2nd through the 10th. So that's good for them. They get to bond, um, work more on training. Like I said, the offense has looked better, uh, especially the XGs, like you mentioned. Uh, but uh, defensively, they got to figure something out. Um, overall impression, uh, early. Quick shot reaction of Gerard so far uh, through what eight games or whatever it is under him the last two months. I really like him as a personality. I like the things he says, and I like the um, the attitude and the approach he has. Whether that necessarily translates to success on the pitch, I think sort of remains to be seen. But I do think he's brought some additional structure yeah. um, and organization on the pitch. I think he has improved us a little bit defensively. Um, I think there's I think there's a pretty limited ceiling this particular squad of players um I, as i've said before i just don't think this is that talented of a team at the moment um and you know i think it's worse than i expect yeah. I, I knew it was going to be worse than the last time we were in the second division i think it's worse than i thought it was going to be going into the season but um so i, I you know I, i'm skeptical as to what garage can even achieve potentially even if he does do like a perfect job whatever that means um so we'll see. I, I hope we, we strengthen some things in the winter and give him a couple more weapons to work with. I know we'll be talking about that in a second. Um, I think if that happens, then I might be a little bit more optimistic. But um, 
I guess what I'll leave it as is I, I think it's about as good of a hire as we could have expected under the circumstances. Oh yeah. Um, you know, given the situation the club was in and everything, um, this is a I think a, at least at a minimum an intriguing manager, if not you know a manager with already something of a track record. And mm-hmm. um, like I said, I, I like his approach, and I, I feel certainly more comfortable with him at the helm. Uh, Eric, I agree with you. It seems like this team does come out better in the second half on the Gerards. I think what he need that team needs to improve on is their starts. This game they had a better start uh in this one in the last couple of games, really, but um or last probably three games. But yeah, prior to that, they had started out, especially the first 30 minutes of the game, 20, 30 minutes of the games, we were so flat, and then we've seen it come on as the game goes on. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think my, my optimism with Gerards is that he's taking shit and made it to gold before with uh Union Saint Julien. So Union Saint Gelois, um, because they came from the second division and they also finished second place in, in the in the top division in Belgium the next year. Uh, he had a good, big big part of that, um, and so maybe he can get just the most maximized potential of this team. We know I agree with you. I think I had higher hopes of this team in terms of what I thought talent wise we were compared to last time we were down here. Um, but I, so I'm massively disappointed. But I agree with you that this team isn't good enough talent wise to be get promoted but if he can maximize potential who knows if he can get us well certainly out of relegation not even consider me in relegation but if we make some kind of fight at the end of the season that's all we can ask for promotion be great but if he like pushes back up and we're challenging or something that's be worth it i just want to see better performances than what we've seen and not as many goals against uh so that's uh, that's the hope there with with garage but i i i've shared the same sentiments with you uh, notes about the uh, U19s. They won their um, junior Pokal game against Hertha 2-1, to one, so they move on uh, to the quarterfinals. Uh, looking at some news. So we we know that there going to be some player movement, or at least that's a, that's a, that's a, the idea of what like, maybe Poulter's be gone and some other guys, CC or something like that. Um, I know, I, I think I heard, I don't know, I, I read that uh, some of the spots that Gerrard wants to improve upon is, I think, depth and striker, but also defense as well, because he thinks you know we're leaking. We're, defense is so bad. Uh, one of the names that Sky Dirk and um, oh, what is that guy's name? Um, his name is Pletigol at Pletigol on Twitter. I forget his his full name, uh, but they're mentioning this guy from uh, Belgian squad um, Anderlecht. His name is Patrice. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, Jack. Um, he's been. Um, Schalke's going after him. Uh, defender, uh, he's probably got a pretty decent record. Uh, last year, uh, he had played 33 or 34 games, had 10 goals. Um, he was uh, awarded with a nomination to the U21 Championship on the Belgium team. And then um, then all of a sudden, you know, he obviously signed with Anderlecht last year. So a uh, player that ha- seems to be a young talent. Uh, if we can, I don't know if we can buy him, great. But uh, I would guess it'd be a loan. Uh, first, before I get more into money, thoughts on you know this defender uh, possibly coming and joining Schalke? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think given sort of the performances of, of Matriciani and then also the injury trouble of, of Bruner, if we're going to bring in somebody to potentially shore up that sort of right-back position, um, I, I think everyone would be in favor of that. Um, yeah. depth at a minimum, if not somebody that can potentially come right into the starting 11 and, and make an impact immediately. Uh, I think that's certainly a position on the pitch to target if we're going to be strengthening in the winter. So I haven't seen a whole lot of this this particular player, but uh, I think in terms of uh, who we're targeting positionally, it definitely drives with how I would analyze the team as well. Very Vanderberg-esque, eh? Um, potentially. Potentially. Uh, but uh, 
Speaking of that, um, speaking of Vandenberg, he scored against uh, Dortmund this weekend, this past weekend. So <laughs> there's, there's that, right? Um, who else? Uh, so what other news I had? Uh, let's see. Speaking uh, of Dortmund, I was watching Jakob Brun Larson in the Premier League the other day. So, oh, oh, how's he doing there? Struggling? Ben or, or for Burnley? Um, I think okay. that's where he's at at the moment with Bits and Company. So. Uh, we'll get to Burnley here in a second, but Ibrahim uh, Cisse is expected to be one of the first guys to leave the team. Uh, well, they're looking for, um, I think, one of the Belgian Belgian first and second division teams are, are looking at him. Uh, French teams as well, according to Build. But you, so you take that with a grain of salt. Uh, rumors been that Poulter's been going going to be going on loan just to get more playing time. But uh, going back to uh, Burnley. Uh, fan favorite uh, Darko Terlinov has been uh, obviously his name's been circling around, and Shaka fans want him to come back. St. Pauli and Dusseldorf want him as well. I'm skeptical of. Uh, I, I like when he was with us. We 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 obviously loved him. We we asked him to, to start as James Thurgood had mentioned on one of the one of the live live air uh, calls. But uh, you know, since he left Shaka, he's only played 500 minutes. You know that was a couple of years ago. Uh, he's had some health con- health conditions, health scares, and so he—I don't know what kind of shape this guy's in. I mean, if he comes on a free or something, great. But uh, we ha- we could we could use better reinforcements that are more healthier. I think. Um. So for me, I mean, I, I, what I've been hearing is that we're trying to secure him on loan potentially, and um, if he's not, okay. you know, being able to crack the starting lineup potentially partially because of Jakob Brunlarsson. No, uh, but if he's not <laughs> able to crack the starting lineup. Um, you know, and company wants to get him some minutes elsewhere. You know that he's going to be lobbying to go back to Schalke if it's on a loan. Yeah, he has been. I mean, even with Burnley potentially paying a you know portion of his salary while he's on loan, I have no problem with that at all. Um, he's going to be happy. He's probably going to be motivated. Yeah, he might not be sharp immediately. That's fine. I, I would imagine over the course of the second half of the season, he'll he'll get sharp and. Um, you know, it's it's an area or sort of positionally generally where we've been kind of weak this season. Uh, we don't have Marius Bolter getting into wide areas for us and, and you know creating down there. Um, so you know, Cherlinov coming in off you know the shoulder, being kind of be able to play in those wide areas, I think would be very useful to us. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm living in the past. Maybe I'm being nostalgic, but I thought it would have been huge if we had been able to retain him at the time. And I would certainly be open to to bringing him back, particularly if we can do so for very minimal cost. Yeah, we try to keep him. We try to get him really hard with, uh, so we could keep Salazar. That never did happen, right? We sold him to uh, Benfica, I think it was. Uh, but yeah, I agree with. I mean, I, I obviously love when he was here, and so I thought that um, if we can get him on a loan, that that'd be great. Uh, because the main reason is because we we got five and a half million euros for Rodrigo Salazar. Great for us. But Christina Rule Hammers and Tillman, the new guy from Expedia, whatever, they basically said like, yeah, you're not getting that money because uh, Shaka need to kind of make up the money for the holes and like the lack of sponsorships and all the other stuff. And so uh, apparently we're only going to have like a, a budget of around one and a half million euros. So I think we're going to have to be very Roven Schroeder esque and get a lot of loans and hope for the best. Um, maybe get some, I don't know if they're going to sell Polter, but maybe they can sell T-Safe and get a little bit of money, money there. Yeah, and it sounds like we're gonna have to have some permanent departures for, for money to be able to bring in yeah. that many new people, which is unfortunate, but yeah. Uh, and the other bit of news, I think that's the only other bit of news I had. Yeah, I think that's all I think I really had, um, in terms of news, but uh, yeah, it's just it's gonna be hard to bring in. I know Gerard wants reinforcements, I understand why he would want reinforcements, but uh, you might have to just make do with what we have and try to improve the team upon there. I thought the team has looked better with Kalash and Kaminsky, though Kaminsky has still had his issues. I think he he took the blame 
at least uh, well, from what I saw in the game um, on that first goal. Yeah, he wasn't really doing much of anything on that play, to be honest. So yeah. I, I, I can see that. Yeah, he's had his he's had his ups and downs lately too. Like he's had some bad plays in the last few games, but he's also had some good ones too. And so it's like we need more consistency from him. We we certainly do. Um, Kalash has been better. Yeah, with, with Kaminsky, you kind of want him to be anonymous defensively, yes. and then and then make the impact in possession. And I think there's been too many plays recently where you've noticed him making a mistake defensively, which hasn't historically been his mo all the time. We we'll always make fun of him being slow or you know like getting exposed occasionally, but it's rare that like something will happen. You'll be like, wow, that's a really like dumb decision from him, a really bad moment. We've definitely seen more of that recently, so I agree. I mean, prime example is what two years ago when we were in this in Svita Liga, where we we didn't notice him because he didn't make mistakes, except when he made those great passes over the top or did something well offensive. Like, oh yeah, he's in the game. That's right. Nothing you didn't have to mention his name in a, in a bad way. And now it seems like it's more and more happening. Uh, so hopefully he corrects those ways and the team corrects his way. They bond, whatever, whatever they got to do to make the, to shore up the defense uh, in the second half of the season. But um, yeah, I think it was been improved. I think obviously Merkin's been a re- revelation this year in the left back. Uh, in place of Oweyan, uh, Moore has played a lot better, especially in that double stack. And then I feel better with Bruner over Matriciani just because I feel it gives us a little bit more, uh, more consistency as well. But uh, yeah, maybe having Patrice as a, as a backup or potentially a, a new starter that can create more offensively um, would be would be ideal. Um, I think Seguin overall has been, you know, come on, came on as of late and it'd be nice to have Odorago back. You know, I think him, having him back but some of the other players is going to do well for us if we keep Odorago. There's all those rumors about he may go, but uh, yeah. Well, Mr. Mr. William in the chat right now talking about that and basically saying, at least I think what he's saying is, hey, he's injured right now. If we can find a way to move him while he's injured, he's not going to be making an impact for us in the short term anyway. We can get some money for him now and then potentially have time to actually use that in this window that could be useful for our prospects. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's always disappointing to lose a player um, that shortly after they made an impact, um, and particularly with him in the second division, and like you know, not even playing that many games, it's hard to imagine that we're selling him already. But who knows? Maybe maybe he really held is is held in that high esteem, and there's yeah. teams that are willing to pull the trigger on him. Yeah, uh, but the, the unfortunate part is that uh, teams have the leverage over us because a they know we need the money, and and so they're gonna like try to lowball us. And you know, Malik Chow lost we lost what seven million euros or something like that. So yeah, I mean, it sucks. I mean, remember Nubel? Like he had like a good half a season, like one good half season, and then yeah. he's like, all right, I'm out of here. And it's like you haven't you, yeah. you, you never you, know you have no track record at all of like doing. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, frustrating, but it, it is frustrating. So we'll see what happens here in the off season. If any. Anything crazy happens, there's rumors about maybe Heckelman be gone after the season. Uh, certainly, um, uh, oh my god, uh, Noble will be gone, uh, more than likely. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, if anything crazy happens, we'll we'll bring it to you during the off during the break. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a long winter pause, one one month. I think January 20th is maybe the next game back at Rook Runda. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll have a nice little break, Jack, uh, from, from the podcast at least. Any bold predictions for the second half of the season? Um, uh, I'm not going to say quite promotion, but I think as a Schalke fan, I feel I feel what's going to happen is that they're going to give us optimism, and so we're going to make a, a late push at the end of the season, but we're going to be short. So I, I say, like, top five. That's a bold prediction. My bold, bold prediction, prediction is that uh, Sima Tirada breaks the uh, second division single-season scoring record. 
<laughs> what, what next goal? <laughs> no, just, just goes on an absolute tear in the second oh, half. Of the oh, oh, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he break his own record. I think he yeah, yeah. break his own record. No, 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 I did. No, I do. I mean, like break okay. his own record, but yeah, but he's making nowhere near the progress of it so far. He would just have a ridiculous second half of the season. Yeah, uh, Eric, I agree with you. But Schalberg, Templeman, they've really fallen off um, as of late. Uh, so uh, Schalberg didn't play in this game, but I think he was injured or suspended. Um, yeah, Schalberg, was- Schalberg can go away. I, I, I'm kind of done with him personally. Templeman, I just had, I still have no idea what to make of him. I think he's way too inconsistent. Yeah. Um, and there's brief, like two game stretches, maybe three game stretches where it looks like he's providing a little bit of spark is a little he's bit a, cleaner. Yeah. And there's games where he's just like, it seems to be an atrocious footballer. So yeah, he's an absolute mystery, but yeah, it'll be a ga- yeah, it'll be a games where he's like the best player on the team. And then, and then he's n- non-existent at all. Or causing some kind of, or just can't complete us. like simple passes. Yeah, yeah. He makes tackles, but that's about it. Yeah. Even then, he misses that. So, yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Yeah, we got nothing else going on for like for the next month. It's gonna be quiet. But programming it that we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we're gonna try to keep this time slot consistent. Oh, not this time. Monday nights, eight thirty. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start li- uh, live streaming on Twitch. The uh, FM24 Shalka uh, playing with Shalka on FM24. So if you want to join me, talk some Shalka while I'm while I'm playing the game there. Join me Monday nights, 8.30. Am I doing like this Friday night, just kind of uh, kick things off? But, uh, yeah, just kind of keep the time slot in my head. Keep me going. Keep the voice going until uh, the rook run begins, Jack. So, uh, uh, okay, David says, my hot take is that we're going to uh, have a huge winter transfer window, and we're going to successfully push for promotion. Okay. Hey, I'll take it if that happens. I will take hey. it all day. There you go. That's the spirit. That's the vibes. That's right. All right. Well, uh, everyone in the chat, again, all everyone listening, our, our, uh, whether it's a podcast or YouTube, wherever, uh, thanks again for sticking with us uh, through this, uh, the ups and downs of Schalke. Hope everyone has a happy holidays, happy New Year's. Same goes to you, Jack. Uh, long season, long year. Uh, so we, we, we deserve a break. Nice long month long Absolutely. break. Yeah. All right, everyone. Enjoy. Stay healthy. We will catch you soon. Luke Alf and Happy New Year.